guys. Welcome to another episode of Off Air with Carmen. I'm really excited about my guest today, Summer Gordon. Um, just to kind of give you the backstory, I met Summer back in 2017. We did this thing called Joy Stories where we would video people's stories. And Summer and her husband, Rep, were our very first Joy Story. They had walked through every parent's worst nightmare. And you're going to hear the whole story in just a couple of minutes. Um, Since then, they have written a book called Hope Remains, where they just kind of walk through this journey that they never expected to be on, never wanted to be on. But man, Summer's perspective and what she has learned through walking through grief and just her leaning into the Lord, I'll just tell you this. This woman inspires me. Um, so I'm I'm very eager for you to hear our conversation. I do want to give you one heads up. We had a bad cable to one of the mics. So enter sporadically. I don't even know if that's a word, but sporadically throughout this podcast, um, you're going to hear a little bit of uh, a crackling. It's kind of underneath. Don't let that distract you. Hear what Summer has to say. Hear her story. At the end of this podcast, we'll tell you how to get a hold of her book. We'll put all the links in our show notes. But man, just take some time and really hear Summer. So here's our conversation. Okay, Summer, we're just going to jump right in. So I'm laying in bed last night. I'm ugly crying. And I know the story. I know the story. So... Yeah. I uh, I want to get into talking about Sawyer today, and um, you know we shared your story. Goodness, was it in 2017? It he passed away in August of 2016. 2016. So yeah, he probably shared it in 2017. 2017. You are our very first joy story. So for you to be here today with the book release um, is just incredible. Where God's brought you. Yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey. It's yeah, it's been a journey that we never would have chosen. But now being this, you know, six years, well, I guess it's been five years later, yes, we can see the fruit that he's brought from it. Yeah. And it is incredible. Well, I'm going to start with the headline. um, And and because the headline is you and Rep have, it's, it's a parent's worst nightmare. You have lived a parent's worst nightmare. And when I'm laying in bed last night, and I'm reading, um, I don't, I think this might be chapter two, maybe it's the second chapter, first or second chapter, it's Sawyer's chapter. Mm. And at the end, um, this is what you write. Sawyer's story is not the story we would have written, but God knew what his tragic death was going to propel and that his story would affect lives for eternity. Our precious son was broken out, used for blessing and his life multiplied multiplied yeah and I just think of how many times I prayed over that little boy and I knew and I believed that God was going to use his life in such a big way Mm -hmm. and he did he did he did he did not the way you would have wanted not at all the way that I would have wanted but at the same time it makes me so proud to be his mom. Yeah. You know, when mm-hmm. you think about as a believer, your children, and what more could you want than for your child's life to point people to Christ? To Jesus, that's right. Yeah. So let's start there. Um, so as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you and Rep have walked every parent's worst nightmare. Um, but you had time with Sawyer. 
Um, you had he was here with you for a little while. Tell us about Sawyer. And the thing that I love about Sawyer, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit, is that we shared the same birthday. You do. He was born on February the 27th. Mm-hmm. So just take us back to the day that he was born and just tell us about Sawyer's personality. He, um, I feel like Sawyer kind of commanded attention from day one, but in a an unassuming, like genteel way. So when he was born, he, he was quiet when he didn't cry when he was born. So from the beginning, from the get go, I worried about him. I said, why isn't he crying? What's going on? And that was just the trend throughout the course of his life. But my favorite thing about Sawyer was that he was just this tiny little bug, bright blonde hair, soft eyes, bright blue eyes. And um, the biggest personality, the biggest laugh he could, he was just captivating and he loved everybody. That was hands down. My favorite thing was just, he was kind of the epitome of, of joy and love and acceptance. Mm. Talk about, um, Aggie and Rep, your other two children. Tell us about them. They're, they're pretty great too. Um, well, so Aggie's 14 and a half mm-hmm. and she's my little leader, my little take charge, I, we homeschool now and um, I don't have to worry about her and her studies. She always goes above and beyond and she's just a fun little athlete. Rep is all boy, outdoorsy. He's, hey, look, a squirrel, constantly <laughs> redirecting, constant. Yeah. I mean, I they're polar opposites as far as students go. I have to prod him and prod him and prod him to get him to do the bare minimal but um but he's just got this sweet compassionate heart and he's a kind little boy and loves everything hunting fishing outdoors well they both do so well let's go back to the time where all five of you are still in the home together we touched on this a little bit in your joy story and by the way for those of you who are listening that don't know what we're talking about in reference to the joy story we did a joy story in 2017 with rep and summer and casey and you're going to learn who casey is in just a couple of minutes and we'll put the link to that joy story if you want to see um that story and um, one of the things that you mentioned to me, it, it didn't come out in the, in the story, but when we were talking afterwards, after we recorded that day, is that you and Rep had gone through, y'all had had a tough time in your marriage. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. everyone could see your face yeah. right now. So was that around the same time when all this happened with Sawyer or was that before or Ugh, that was the duration of our marriage okay. I mean pictured two strong-willed people yes, marrying and yes. I mean just everything was a battle and um so we had gone through an especially trying period right before Sawyer passed away okay. we had just kind of come out of the other side we'd gone through some counseling which I just cannot recommend enough mm-hmm. and um so our marriage was tender and right. we were well aware that we were not bulletproof mm-hmm. And then the accident happened. And so we talk about our marriage in very transparently in our yeah. book. Yeah. Just because it's it's not a fairy tale. Mm-mm. You know, it's just not. And the reason I bring that up is because two things that struck me that day when we recorded the Joy Story is number one, that the everything that happened that we're about to get into saved Casey's life and that was out of his own mouth. And then I just remember you saying to me that day how walking through this strengthened yours and reps marriage because most marriages don't survive the loss of a child. I know. And that is just a testament to Jesus because when we were in the back of the police cruiser 
driving to the hospital to see Rupert, we prayed over our marriage. Or I said Rupert, see Sawyer. 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 We yeah. prayed over our marriage. And because I looked at him and I said, marriages don't make this. Yeah. And the Lord has been so faithful to strengthen us. And I will say that one of the biggest blessings to come out of this tragedy is mm-hmm. our marriage and mm. where we are. And I mean, I you know I talk about in, in the book the the very person who I used to fight tooth and nail and who I convinced myself I didn't really need in life. Now I'll wake up to like, you know, the soft rub of his his hand on the back of my head in the morning mm-hmm. and he's the just incredible blessing mm. in my life. It's the that. marriage that honestly that I've wanted for so many years and I didn't think was possible for us. I always thought it was for other people. Right. But God used just this horrible tragedy to mm-hmm. just bring us so much closer. Well then let's go to that day. It's August mm-hmm. of 2016, mm-hmm. normal day. You had been out with the kids, if memory serves me, and you're pulling up to the house and pick it up from there. So we live on four acres and we live on a very busy road and we have a gate and then a long drive. My husband had told me time and time and time again to shut the gate. And I did, generally, I did. It was raining and I paused as I entered the gate and I, I thought, they're not going to be outside playing because it's raining. I'll go out and shut the gate later. And so I pulled on up to the house. And we had, at the time, we were fostering two children. And then we had our three. And then we had another kiddo over for a play date. And so they were playing Legos. And they were having um, a sword fight. And I was in the back of the house working on a project with my foster daughter. And then I noticed that it hadn't, that it had stopped raining. And I, and I hollered to one of the kids. I said, you guys go shut the gate. But I knew they didn't hear me, and so I just dismissed it because they were inside. wasn't a big deal. And then about five minutes later, a man came and burst into the home, and he said, a child's been hit by a car. Mm. And I immediately, my heart sank, and I said, where's Sawyer? I said, where's Sawyer? And I knew in my heart, and I hoped that it wasn't, that it was Sawyer. And so I ran outside barefooted, and, and I just kept saying, no, no, no. And, um, and I saw his little blonde hair shining at the distance and then I just kind of hovered over him and I was like it's okay Sawyer mommy's here it's okay and he was unresponsive and then I looked up and I recognized the the young man there because he um went to church with us I'd Mm -hmm. met him only once before and I looked at him and and I just grabbed him and I hugged him and I said look at me I said look at me right now I said this is not your fault Mm -hmm. this is the enemy and that was the Holy Spirit yeah um, and then, you know, just the chaos of the first responders, they arrived right away, thankfully. They were coming from another call, and they were just exiting the interstate. And that, in and of itself, is an incredible blessing, because mm-hmm. it usually takes, I oh, think the wow. average is 10 minutes or so. And But a few hours later, Sawyer was welcomed into the arms of Jesus. Yeah. Um, that is one of the things that was so significant in your story is that in that moment when your little boy is laying lifeless on the on the asphalt mm-hmm. and that you go to Casey and a couple of minutes later, and I remember Casey telling this from his vantage point, you know, a couple of minutes later, Rep, mm-hmm. your husband, shows up mm-hmm. and they're working on Sawyer and they're getting him into the ambulance to get him stable to bay flight him. And I remember Casey saying, I saw Rep walk towards me. And I thought he was going to deck me. Like, I thought he was going to hit me. Here I've hit his child. And Rep embraced him right. as well. And that is, I think that's the thing that just, it's almost inexplicable. Unless you walk with Jesus and have the Holy Spirit living in you, 
it's there's just no way to even begin to grasp that. And I think even you would say that wasn't us. That was it was that 100%. was hundred percent Jesus in in me. Yes. So you guys are in the back of an unmarked car. Your Sawyer has been bay flighted to the hospital, and then you get to the hospital an hour or so later. And talk about that moment when the doctor came out and shared yeah, with you. So he was, um, what what struck me was that his eyes were, were damp. He had been crying and they were red. The doctor. Yeah. And it, it, I knew what that meant. And that scared me. And I didn't like seeing his eyes like that but at the same time it touched my heart that he had the compassion that he was crying to um and so he did he delivered the news that Sawyer had not passed away but that um the CAT scan did not show any brain activity mm-hmm. they did not think that he was going to make it and so I turned around and I had to announce that to a room full of family and friends who were waiting with us and then a couple of minutes later, they let you go back. And I read that part in the book last night where you wanted to just scoop him up as his mom. That's the hardest part. You know, I read Stephen Curtis Chapman and Mary Beth's Chapman book, their book years ago. And um, I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> and I read their book. And I think it was the Lord was just preparing me maybe for what was to come for us. And I remember feeling so horrified that they didn't get to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Then when they got to the hospital, their daughter was already in the arms of Jesus. And I just prayed, Lord, in the back of the, the cruiser, I prayed, don't let him die without me being able to say goodbye. Like, please let me be able to say goodbye. And um, so that was kind of one of my heartbreaks was not being able to pick him up mm-hmm. because the back of his head did have an injury. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't able to cradle him like I would have loved to. Yeah. Or run my fingers through his blonde hair like I did so many times mm-hmm. because his head was wrapped up. But even in that, there was a mercy. There was a mercy that the Lord honored my prayer that I got to say goodbye. You go on to talk about... um both your other babies there coming in to say goodbye to Sawyer and how they both um, how they both handled it differently and we all process grief differently but sweet little rep he just climbed up on the bed with his little brother I can just only imagine as a mom seeing your two boys yeah he together. he was shattered he did not want to leave his brother they yeah. shared a room and mm-hmm. so they had a bunk bed and so so many nights Sawyer would climb up in bed with with rep and so yeah. they had a closer bond than I realized that yeah. they had because yeah. Ma- Aggie was always the mother hen and so she was always looking after him and taking care of him but the boys were really tight and actually um, about six months ago my pastor's wife she was there with us through all of the the tragedy and she had snapped a picture of rep and Sawyer and them holding hands um, in the hospital bed and it's just of their hands. And I hadn't seen it. She gave it to me just about six months ago. Oh, wow. And that's a sweet treasure. Yeah. yeah. It's a sweet treasure. I'll say. I have not read this chapter yet, but just the title of it takes me out. But it's, you say in your book, it only hurts when I breathe. Yeah. Which basically is just. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, and that's something that Reppard would always say. You know, we would just be, we were walking this journey together and. 
there were no words for what we were feeling. Yeah. And especially in those those early days of raw grief. Mm-hmm. And I would just crumble over sometimes and and or he would just look at me and and we would connect eyes and he would say, I know. And he'd say, it only hurts when you breathe. Yeah. And yeah. it was just so true. And so we do. We talk about just the journey of of losing Sawyer. And we talk about the days after and how mm-hmm. we were so different mm-hmm. and how our friends continued to pursue us. Thank God. And we were so grateful for that. Even though we said no to so many of the invitations, they continued to pursue us and love us through it all. And we just shared pieces of our heart just during that that yeah. raw time y'all say goodbye to Sawyer and then um rep describes in the book what it was like pulling back into the house that first time yeah knowing that your other two are there you've got to go back to your life what is that like I don't even know if you have words or if it was just such a fog but it's, just to know that your life is forever changed yeah. but yet at the same time you still believe, you still know God is with you. Just walk mm-hmm. us through that. It was literally living moment by moment. Yeah. Because if I thought about the next day, it was too heavy. I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't think about the next day because I didn't even want to be in the moment that I was in. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, when you go through deep grief and deep suffering, you want to die. Mm-hmm. You do. And that's not saying that you want to take your own life. You want the Lord to just take the pain from you you want him to call you home and um so there were a lot of days that i had to and be intentional about being here for my children and and honestly the word was manna like Mm -hmm. i i'd never Mm -hmm. lived it before i only I, i could only read the bible and just bathe those words bathe my heart in the words and the lord did strengthen us incrementally a little bit at a time but in the beginning you do you feel shattered and you feel like you don't even know how to put one foot in front of the other it's just you're kind of still walking in in shock you had a memorial service for sawyer and casey came he did so tell us about that casey came he we had invited him to to sit with us and And i don't know if i said this earlier so let me interject it here casey is the young man who was driving the truck Mm -hmm. um that hit sawyer and so um he attended the same church that we went to he was going through a really rough season in life Mm -hmm. so he was not living for the lord he um, he'll, he shares a little bit about that in our book. So he has a voice in, in mm-hmm. our book as well. But he he did. He came, and that was really brave of him because he shared with us afterward that, you know, he felt like he had this so much condemnation, self-condemnation. And, you know, he's like, I'm going to go there, and everybody's going to know that I'm the one that killed this kid. And he had prayed and asked the Lord, like, please take me. You know, I want Sawyer back. Take my life. And... um. But he was really brave. He he came and he sat with us and in, in the front row. And that's one of the things that I want to talk about because when I met Casey that day, it was, he was remarkable. He really was how, just how honest he was and he was so forthcoming with how you saved his life, like how Sawyer saved his life. And he was even very um, open about how... It could have been any other day and he praise God he had not been drinking or doing anything and you know that he was mm-hmm. he was clean that day and again this is Casey's right this is Casey saying this I just want y'all to hear that um but the way he talked about Sawyer and how Sawyer has saved his life yeah and I think that's probably 
seeing how you and Rep have walked through your grief and navigated the story that the Lord has given you um, is remarkable. Casey, the unlikely bond that y'all now have is, yeah. is just, is only um, God breathed, if it I can is. say it that way. Because you can't explain it. It's you supernatural. Yeah. And it's just really, we are drawn toward one another. And there would be times where we would be hurting and Casey would be hurting and n- neither of us knew. And I thought he was fine and he's going on about his life and he's, you know, engaged and then married. And the next thing you know, he would show up at my house that day. The yeah. same day that I told my husband, I think, you know, I feel like he's moved on and I don't want him to live in this sure. place of um, despondency anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but at the same time being real and being transparent sometimes it felt like oh well he's just moved on is yeah but he's never he's never going to move on from it and just like we're not we're always going to need each other and we do have such a special bond it's like when we're with Casey these are the words of Rupert he said I feel closer to Sawyer when I'm with Casey wow and it doesn't make Isn't sense that interesting yeah. mm-hmm. talk about the first time that you and Casey I think he came over after the accident and y'all were on the front porch mm-hmm. and I think that's when you started asking him some yeah. pretty big questions well I had just had you know I do feel like the Lord has given me some discernment in certain areas and so I was concerned that maybe we should have boundaries Yes, we had forgiven Casey, but I thought maybe it needs to stay there because what he does with his life is his, it's his responsibility. And if he doesn't live his life for the Lord, I thought that the enemy could use that to just plant some seeds of bitterness because I did feel like he had a responsibility to, to, mm-hmm. To make the trial, you know, to honor the Lord in it, and to mm-hmm. make it, you know, mean something, but you can't force that on somebody. Right. And so I just I knew that that wasn't my place. And so I just prayed about it and I had wrestled with it. And then initially, you know, I didn't, during the accident, Casey was glancing at his phone and that was not a piece of information that he had withheld from anyone. It was just a piece of information that I didn't know and I didn't want to know. Mm -hmm. And so one day we were driving down the road and Rupert and I, Rupert was driving and he was just talking out loud and he's like, Summer, I've been thinking And he's like, I've been thinking about our road. And I held up my hand. I said, don't go there. I can't go there. And he's like, how could he have not seen him? And so this was before Casey showed up to my house. And so I thought, okay, there it is. He put it out there. And so now there's no taking those words back. So I had to kind of give that to the Lord and say, Lord, what do we do with this? And initially, my my mind, Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes, we were going to have boundaries and he was going to do his thing. We were going to do our thing, but God had other plans. Mm -hmm. And God just continued to impress upon my heart that I had a responsibility to hold Casey accountable because he was so tender towards us and not everybody, he, he wouldn't respond to us like he would anyone else. And so when he showed up at our house that day, that was just one more evidence of the Lord saying, I want there to be relationship and so we we were very real and and we discussed those things and he was very forthcoming about you know glancing at the phone and but and he blames his himself I blame myself you know I that's something that we both have to to overcome and to work through on on a continual basis because it wasn't Casey's fault 
I could say, you know, I should have shut the gate. I should have had my door locked. I had just replaced my my childproof knobs on my door for these fancy handles, you know, maybe had I not done that. But that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to keep going through this cycle mm-hmm. of the what ifs so mm-hmm. that he can keep us in bondage. And how do you, because anyone listening right now, you we could say that about anything. If I'd done this, if I, I there's three things that I think about in my mind right now, if I had done this, it would have had a different outcome. What, how do you, how do you reconcile that and the, the days that the enemy's whispering that in your ear, like, how do you combat that? Well, honestly, I, I know that the Lord could have sent any legion of angels down mm-hmm. to intervene. Mm-hmm. And I, and this is where you wrestle with, you know, God allowing hard things yeah. in life yeah. and not causing them. I'll never believe that God sure. caused it. Sure. Um, and so there was a wrestling there. And, and so I, I just had to say, okay, Lord, I know your character. I trust who you are, and I'm going to have to cling to my faith over my feelings because my feelings don't feel that any part of this is good. But you can see around the bend. You can see so much more than I can see. And I do remember just crying out in anger and just shaking my fist at God. And I was reflecting on some lyrics to Hillary Scott's mm-hmm. I Will Be Done. And we played that at Sawyer's Celebration of Life. And in it, she says, um, I know you're good, but mm-hmm. this don't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I just asked the Lord, like, what goodness? Where is your goodness in this? And instantly, his spirit just washed over my heart and said, goodness, and that you will see your son again because of my sacrifice. Mm. And that was enough. Yeah. It was like, okay, you may have allowed this, mm-hmm. but I'm going to cling to your truth with everything in me, and I'm going to be just hellbent on seeing you use <laughs> yes. it for the kingdom. Yes. And I love how you've always said it, that each day that passes, because this is just such great perspective, each day that passes is one day closer to seeing Sawyer. Mm, it is. And the Lord just kind of, I was, there was a season where I was avoiding my quiet time after the accident. It had probably been a year later. And I just there was there were many seasons where I had to immerse myself in the word because it was the only way I could get through. But then as you get back into the the minutia of life, it's like, oh Lord, I don't want to feel those things. I don't want to feel all the feels. And when you're in the word, the word reads you. And so I was avoiding it and I sat down and I read scripture and and it was the scripture where it's like, you know, letting go of what is behind and I just didn't like it. It didn't sit well with me. And I was like, God, I don't want to let go of what's behind because Sawyer is behind me. And I love Sawyer and I want to cling to what's behind me. But he reminded my heart, he said, Summer, he's not behind you. Mm -hmm. He's ahead of you. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. There are so many takeaways, sister, you're preaching to us. But even when you just said, when you're in the word, the word reads you. Is that not the truth? It is. I mean, folks who don't believe scripture, I just, it hurts my heart because his word is alive and active and he's all we have in those moments. And when you're in the word and you're tuned into the Holy Spirit, those are the kinds Mm -hmm. of conversations Mm -hmm. that you get to have with God. And it just does not return void because there are so many scriptures that I have not been diligent about memorizing over the years. Yeah. But through those hard days where I didn't know if I was going to make it, God continued to just bring scripture after scripture Scripture. after scripture to my mind, Mm. scripture that I didn't memorize, but because I had read his word, it, you know, it takes root in your heart. Yeah. 
So talk about these last four or five years. Talk about the book. Talk about where just hit some of the high points of where yeah. you have just seen. Because when we were teasing, when you first walked into my office a little bit ago, I'm like, I'm ugly crying last night. And I know the story. And you're like, <laughs> keep reading. It gets better. You're through the hardest part. Um, but just talk about, I just want to hear where God's shown up in your life. And I think the other thing that I would want to ask you, just the journey that you've walked is, what do you absolutely know about God? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you just know in your marrow that these things I just know are true? I know that he is a personal and intimate God. Mm-hmm. And I know that blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Mm-hmm. I know that. And so the past four years, um, you know, you think that when you go through suffering, you're like, all right, I'm wearing this badge. I'm off limits for a while. Nothing more is going to possibly happen to me because that's just not okay. <laughs> right. I've lived my testimony. Yeah. yeah. And that's just not true yeah. because the enemy keeps coming. And after you aired the joy story, it was such a powerful testimony and it reached so many hearts. Ooh, the enemy came after us. Because he didn't and want it. No, he, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't and, want it too. And we talk about that in our book. In our book, we are very transparent and we are very just open. And we talk about the struggles in our marriage. We talk about the attacks from the enemy mm-hmm. afterwards. But we talk about the goodness of God yes. and His faithfulness and how to, when when we were riding in the back of the police cruiser to go see Sawyer, there was a, a police um captain and he was just listening and absorbing all of it and later on he called his chaplain and he said how do they have that kind of faith and we answer that question in the book because we want people to know like we want them to know the Mm -hmm. goodness of god Mm -hmm. and then we talk about basically um you know being in the word and how the word strengthens you and we can't do it without christ and we talk about basically the blessing that comes with suffering and it sounds so cliche but it's just true i for many many years i prayed lord whatever it takes i want to have an intimate relationship with you god whatever it takes and i didn't know what it was going to take but there was a shift in as as i would would wake up in the morning after sawyer passed away i would wake up and the first thing that came to my mind was sawyer i miss you mm-hmm. Sorry, I miss you. And that was for a very long time. And the more I, I walked with the Lord through it and the more he continued to comfort me through it, I woke up one morning and the first thing that came into my mind was, Jesus, I love you. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my word. Okay. Yeah. That's the shift. And mm-hmm. that's what God was wanting to create. You know, he does. He creates something new. And I just ha- constantly have to remind myself that I have so much more time to spend with Sawyer than I will ever have to spend without him. Mm. So it's all perspective, isn't it? It is. Wow. It's it's all it's what I think I hear you saying too is I mean, obviously we know the limp, the limp that you're you're walking with, but in some ways, not that you've welcomed the limp. But you've made friends with mm-hmm. the limp. Yeah, you know, that's a really good. You've made friends yeah. with the limp, knowing that it's you're not going to limp forever. You're not going to live no. forever. And you know, and I just think that that God allowed us to to see the trials in the Bible for a reason, so yeah. that we could relate and we could connect. And even Paul, you know, he walked with that thorn. And sure. and the last chapter of our book is called "Thankful for the Thorn," uh. because this is the thorn that we're going to carry for the rest of our lives. But we can honestly say, I will never say 
that I am thankful for losing Sawyer. Right. And it sounds so wrong. To, it uh-huh. feels so wrong to say it, but it's so true that we are better for having lost him. Yeah. And, you know, I think summer, and it's so hard and it's easy for me to sit on this end of the couch because I've not lost one of my children and, and to say this. But I think God has just allowed you to kind of come out, come up off the earth a little bit with a 30,000 foot view and to just have a little bit of a heavenly perspective mm-hmm. that the moment that we're living and it's excruciating. It is absolutely excruciating when you lose someone that you love, especially your child. But in view of eternity, it is a nanosecond. Exactly. And it sounds like he's letting you have that, or he's helping you have that perspective Mm -hmm. as you steward this story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. It's beautiful. Talk about how the relationship, so when we met you years ago, Casey was engaged. He wasn't yet married. So he's married now. Mm -hmm. And tell me about his family. So he's married and he has a really precious wife that we enjoy. We we get together often. We'll go to Cracker Barrel. That was Sawyer's favorite restaurant. And Casey happens to really enjoy it too. So Uh we'll go as a family. Mm -hmm. And now he has a sweet little boy. He's two years old and he's loves matchbox cars and um and you know in the beginning the enemy i i didn't know how much casey was was being just attacked by the enemy when he had his son because he mm-hmm. had many many nights where he was just re- would he'll, he would look at his son and he just had so much guilt in what he felt he took from us yeah and so that was just something that he has had to work through and mm-hmm. that the Lord has, has had to strengthen him in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, we do, we share such a sweet relationship with them. It's just, just such a life-giving relationship. And I'm I'm so thankful that he hasn't pushed us away yeah. in those moments because it would be very easy to put walls up. And the enemy wanted him to do that right. because the enemy so yeah. many times would tell him, they don't want to see you. Yeah. They, d- don't don't call them. They mm-hmm. want nothing to do with you. And those were all lies from the pit of hell. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we thoroughly love our time with him and yeah. we feel that he's part of our family. Well, as you said, just a couple of minutes ago, it's in some odd way you feel closer to Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Talk about the matchbox car, the matchbox mm-hmm. cars, because you brought that up. Yeah. Matchbox cars. Yeah. You can tell I'm a girl mom. I know. I that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the little matchbox cars, Sawyer always had one in his hand. He yeah. loved them. He had one in his hand when he pedaled into the road and was welcomed into the arms of Jesus. And actually during the chaos of that moment, I, I saw it out of the corner of my eye and I went over and I picked it up and it's one of my prized possessions. I'm quite fiercely protective of that. (laughs) I bet you are. But it's actually, um, for those that have seen our book or see the cover of our book, it's actually the very same car on the cover of the book that he had in his hand that day. And it's just a little hand. Whose hand is that? That is my, one of my dear friends, her little boy. He is Uh this little blonde toe head. Okay. And so, um, and then one of my very best friends, she was a photographer. She, we saw a, I just saw a graphic on, on the internet and I was like, this is going to be our cover. And I sent it to my friend. I said, what do you think? And she said, I think that I can create, recreate that and we can use the car. And so that's just how it transformed. And it's, just everything that I would have ever it's wanted it to be beautiful. It is so cool for me to have you here on release day. Now, obviously, when this airs, we're going to be a few days later. But to have you here on release day yeah. and this book, what did it feel like when the book arrived at the house and you held it in your hands for the first time? 
Uh, I don't even know that I have words to describe because we've never wanted, we've never aspired to be an author. And a lot of times people are like, oh, this must have been such a cathartic process. And it was not cathartic. It was, it was clearly a walk of obedience. Mm. We felt the Lord call us to write the book. And initially I was like, oh, well, that's fine. I've got a great writer friend. She can write it. I'll just tell her the story and she'll write it. And then the Lord was like, no, I want you to write the book. And so this was just something that Reppard and I did together. And then Casey's voice came into it. Mm -hmm. And we had a precious friend come alongside us. And she helped just um, massage it and make it a whole lot better. But we it, it's been a journey. We had an amazing yeah. Christian literary agent. And we mm -hmm. had an offer from a publishing services or a publisher. But we just did not. That wasn't the direction that the Lord had for us. He clearly called us to self-publish and so we did and he has provided every step of the way the endorsements that we have mm -hmm. just have god's fingerprints all over them mm -hmm. they're endorsements that we shouldn't have because we are nobodies from nowhere but we have two new york times best-selling authors yeah. and then christian music recording artist johnny diaz yeah we have this amazing um person called carmen on there <laughs> <laughs> when you asked me that was such an honor oh, it was such yay. an honor and you know i i said this to you before we got started there's been two stories that god has um given me the gift of telling and renee was one of them renee and eric with forgiveness and you and rep are the mm -hmm. second and i just i can't thank you enough because when i look at you summer i see jesus oh. and i see someone who is so so in love with Jesus and so has you just so have your your gazes up and on eternity and that's that's the finish line for you and just the way that you're walking this life and pointing to him with everything that you've endured you inspire me Thank you. you that really means a do. lot to me. You do. So much. So I want us to sell a lot of books. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that wasn't to set up to say this, but I want people to read your story because here's the thing. Perspective, I say this all the time, perspective is the secret sauce of life. And even in the beginning of your book, you talk about how everyone talks about their worst day. Oh, I had a terrible day. I have said these. These words have come out of my mouth. I had a terrible day. I was stuck in traffic on an interstate for two hours. Okay. Well, I want Summer Gordon to talk to me about what a terrible day. <laughs> Is. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's, it's like we've said before, just a couple of minutes ago, you have to walk this life in view of eternity, knowing that we're to. here for just a second. And you, you have got a perspective on that that just most don't. And I think that's what I see in you. Well, thank you. So. I do feel like I, I feel like the greater the loss, the greater the capacity for perspective. Yeah. But it's all has to be filtered filtered through the lens of God's word. That's right. And through Jesus. That's right. What would you say if someone is listening today and they're absolutely shattered? Just their life is shattered. Maybe it's through a loss of a child. Maybe it's divorce papers that have just been served. I always like to ask this question to people who just have just their faith is their foundation. Mm -hmm. um, but just someone who feels lost right now, and it's only hurting for them when they're breathing, mm -hmm. which means it's painful right now. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? Just practical yeah. sister to sister, sister to brother. I would say that it's not always going to hurt this bad. It's, it's going to get better. And I would say, let go of the grasp for wanting understanding mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because there are some things on the side of heaven that we're just not going to understand. And that's where we have to choose our faith over our feelings and sometimes over our understanding. Mm. 
So is there anything else that on your heart that you would like to share? Or? I think honestly, because this, the fact that the book is here and published and we obeyed like kicking and screaming, I would just want to encourage anybody that if there's something that God calls you to do, mm. just do it regardless of of if you feel you are adequate or qualified, he calls those that are not qualified. And he has just shown that through us. I giggle because my husband, um, English grammar is not his strong suit. <laughs> and so when we were writing we the neither. book, yeah. we we would do just these word dumps. And so we had all these different Google Docs and we had all of these notes and I took all my journal entries and, and then we sifted them into, not we, I, <laughs> sifted them into an outline. And so he would just just yeah just do these he would vomit these words onto a page and I would go through and I'd have to make sense of them and I even one time I looked at a word and I it stopped me in my tracks and I had to read it again and then I said this isn't possibly this can't possibly be a word surely he does not know a word that that I'm not aware of and it was m-i-z-e-w-e-l-l Mizell. Mizell. oh Mizell. and I texted him and I said oh my <laughs> gosh I said did you mean might is- as well <laughs> <laughs> and he was dead serious he said might as well create might a new well. word oh my god so but really I just if God calls you to do, do it, it do it mm-hmm. yeah how does Casey feel about the book I, he has been so supportive okay. every step of the way. Yeah. And he has a voice in many parts of the book. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we took quotes from the Joy story. Mm-hmm. We Casey had written some things, and then we interviewed him and just recorded it. And then we compiled all of his thoughts together, and basically he signed off on it, yay or nay. And he'd say, yeah, nah, that doesn't sound like me, or okay, yeah. And so, but he had not he has not fully read the book in its entirety Mm -hmm. and the first few chapters are hard to read and bless his heart he thought that we had an expectation of him to read the book and so he was trying to just put on his big boy britches and read the book and he called Reppard and he's like man when do I need to have this read by we said Casey you don't have to read it ever yeah and he had just gotten through the hardest parts and when he stopped and I was like oh well you're good now (laughs) keep reading because the rest Uh. is you've got it because it's written as part memoir Mm -hmm. um and then part christian living like we we tell our story but we also want to challenge the reader Mm -hmm. to to not let the enemy keep them in their pain and to and to keep moving forward and to keep pressing on and you do and in the beginning from casey's perspective I didn't realize that he was the one that called 911. He called 911 and handed the phone to you. I did not realize that. Mm -hmm. But when he talks about how he felt the grace and love of God through the two of you that he had never, ever felt before. I mean, Mm -hmm. that just, yeah, it just, it's, I just love reading that perspective from him because you just don't know what you're doing in that moment and mm-hmm. how God used right. that moment. And it all starts with accepting Christ and having That's the right. Holy Spirit come into you because That's I right. just, none of that was summer. None of that was record. None of that was our diligent Bible study. It was a constant walk with the Lord yeah. and having him just move through us. Yeah. And you know what? That's a great place to wrap because at the end of the day, all we have is our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's that is that is the essence of life. Is do you believe and have you accepted His offer to live 
eternally with him. It's the most important thing. The most important thing. And sweet Sawyer is yeah. there. He's yes, just he on is. ahead. I yes, love that. Thank you for being here, Summer. I'm honored. Thank yes. you. We're going to have the link to the Joy Story in the show notes. We will have links to the book in the show notes. And so I just hope if you're listening today that you will join me in supporting Rep and Summer and the book of Hope Remains because this is a must read for everyone. Thank you. Oh my goodness, what a great conversation with Summer. I love her and she really does inspire me. Okay, I really want us as a Joy FM community because a lot of Joy FM listeners are listening to this podcast as well as others who may not listen to the Joy FM but are off air with Carmen community, both communities together. Let's support this book. It's called Hope Remains and it's written by Rep and Summer Gordon. We're gonna have all the links in the show notes so you can order this book. You can order it from Amazon, a couple of different places. And I just really want to support Uh, summer and the work that they're doing to let people know that there is hope through grief. Thank you so much for listening. If you get a couple of minutes, share this podcast with others if you have found it encouraging. And if you'd be willing to leave a five-star review or leave a comment, it just helps other people discover this podcast. So thanks for listening and I'll see you again here next week.